Welcome to the Professor's Podcast, where we discuss the best strategies to massively improve the reach and bottom line of your business in the current virtual and economic landscape. Your host, Howard Tai, generates over $5 billion for his clients annually using innovative tactics both on and off Amazon. Hey everyone, Hurricane Liz here, back for another Professor's Podcast as always with the man, the myth, the myth, the legend. I, I miss said that, Howie. They're not definitely not the meth. Howie Ty. Howie, today we've got a great guest here. We're going to speak to him shortly. And I will also be letting you guys and gals know how to find out more information about the Professor's Pandemic 3.0, which is our third virtual event, which again, you can attend virtually live from the comfort of your own home, which I usually tell people you can stream it in your underwears. Just don't stand up. And the fantastic thing about this, Howie, is we had a blast on 1.0 and 2.0, and people ranted and raved about it. People can take a look at the testimonials once I give them the page here, but they will see that we meant business. There was some serious speakers on there, and the people we've got for 3.0 are no slouches. These guys make upwards of $150 million per year. And again, we finally got a ladies speaker, Howie. How exciting is that? You finally did it. People asked, you listen, you got a lady speaker. And on top of that, you got a bad, bad, I won't say the second word, a bad B, Howie. She makes upwards to $20 million a year. And when uh, everyone was in Las Vegas, she took everybody out. She bought some booths. She bought some bottles. She spared no expense to network like a queen, not a king, a queen. And we learned a lot. We learned a lot. We had fun. Howie, today's gentleman, today's speaker is, again, no different than the rest of them, also a superstar in his own right. Tell me a little bit more about how you met Tal and why you chose him to be one of the speakers at Professor's Pandemic 3.0. Wow, Tal's pretty. I was talking to one of my uh, friends, you know, Tarek, one of the speakers here and from PPE1. He was uh, recommending me to talk to Tal. He's a very interesting guy and told me that he has a lot to talk about regarding the Amazon marketplace of buying and selling businesses on Amazon. So something interesting. So I wanted to, uh, to bring him on and show our audience how to really get the best price for your business, for your Amazon business. All right, so uh, let me introduce him. He's none other than Talison ha Hollywood. Now, Tal, I was afraid that I would butcher your name. I've become known as the butcher of Amazon. I had to ask you beforehand. I was like, I don't want to butcher this. I don't want to butcher this live. But before I ask you the actual question that I have for you, let me ask you this. Is Hollywood your real last name or did you change it for show business purposes? No, <laughs> no, no, I wish. I wish <laughs> I wish I could say that. No, no, it's, a, it's an Irish name, believe it or not. It's not that... Not that common, but it's it's a bit more common in Ireland. It's just a just a normal yeah Irish name. Wow, that's incredible. That that's like it sounds like that's your stage name. So I was just really curious about that when I saw the name, and I was like, wow, it's a pretty cool name. Yeah. But uh, you told me just call me Tal. Keep it simple. So I will keep it yeah. simple. I appreciate you telling me that because as I said before, I'm the butcher of Amazon. I would have butchered that name. But let's get into the real question. <laughs> Usually, our inaugural question for every single guest is we want to have them pretend that they just got on an elevator with Howie, and they have to give them a two minute pitch of who they are, what they've done, and why they are qualified to speak at the Professor's Pandemic 3.0. And that's basically because Howie is such, he really wants the best of the best. So go ahead and give it your mm. best shot. Tell us your two minute pitch. Keep it simple, sure. keep it short, but let us know who you are. Sure, absolutely. And, and, I'm, and I'm honored that you guys asked me actually, because I know that you've had some really top level speakers on these events. And, and again, this year as well, I'm coming from a slightly different background in that I'm, 
I'm not an Amazon seller, obviously. I'm an M&A consultant, like a broker, effectively. We're in the mergers and acquisition space. We help people to buy and sell businesses. We specialize in e-commerce. And with everything that's just really interesting happening in the M&A space, particularly for Amazon businesses in the last year, we have just seen that firsthand. We're speaking to the buyers and the sellers of these businesses all the time, kind of day in and day out. There's a lot of people kind of writing and talking about what's happening with a lot of new entrants into the space, buying Amazon businesses. And, you know, I, I guess I, I talk to those people all the time, day in and, and day out. And I'm certainly not claiming to be a, a, an Amazon expert like many of the people that you have, because, you know, just so, even the two of you uh, have so much experience on the Amazon platform. My expertise is in mergers and acquisitions. And so if people are interested in, you know, selling their business one day or, or how it all works or getting an insight about that, then I'm more, more than happy to help. Okay. So can you, what do you consider your expert on regarding the Amazon buying and selling of the business? What can you tell us about your, about this, this, this expertise that you have? I guess valuations is, you know, business valuation is, is key to the whole, the whole thing with, uh, with mergers and acquisitions generally, particularly in this space. And so again, because I'm seeing these deals, I've got a pretty good handle on the valuations of the different levels of the businesses. So I, I can certainly help with that and give expertise in that area. Again, you know, I, I, I speak to a lot of these, it's different to, for example, you could have, and I know that you have had speakers before from representing one of the acquirers, really great people and really, really great businesses in their own right. I guess it's a little different speaking to someone like me because I speak to all of the acquirers all the time. So I can see the differences that they bring to the table, what the different things they're looking for are. It gives a bit more perspective, I think. Okay. I, I think we talked to you about this before regarding, you know, can you tell us about the, like the, the hierarchy or the structure of these M&A or, or the way that it's structured and how it works regarding down to the retail side of the, of the business? Sure. You mean where are these guys getting the money from fundamentally and how it all works? Yeah, yes. absolutely. So obviously, and kind of pre-2019-20, then the, the people that would have been buying these businesses, and that these guys are still there as well, individual buyers, wealthy family offices, you know, family offices of wealthy individuals, small private equity groups, and so on. What has happened more recently is that the entrance of some much larger private equity groups. So in the terms of, you know, private equity funds are still relatively small, um, but you know, multiple players that have raised more than $50 million each specifically to buy Amazon businesses. The total amount of fundraising in the space at the moment that's disclosed is just over $1.6 billion. It's just new money that's just come into the space specifically for the acquisition of these, of these businesses. And so what the, the structure that these guys are typically using is a mixture of equity and debt. So uh, a small, one of these private equity funds will have raised a venture round from, from the people that kind of would normally invest in tech startups. You know, this is another thing that's new. The venture round would typically be equity. They're giving up some of the equity in their company. They're proving their model. They're raising, they're buying, making some acquisitions, proving that it works. Then they, like a tech company, again, they raise the next round of funding. And then the next one will get bigger and bigger. The, the interesting thing about this space is that they typically have a lot of what, what's called, <clears throat> excuse me, what's called venture debt in the structure. So, and that's becoming more, more common in tech as well. So companies like Victory Park Capital, I was speaking to the other day, 
upper 90. These guys are providing uh, medium-term debt financing to these companies instead of them having to raise all of the money from equity and give up all their, their equity stake. They're raising a mix of equity and debt. What they typically do is raise, as their next round, it might be somewhere between 10 and, and 50 million US dollars. Again, prove out their model further and then raise an even larger round. Like we saw Thrasher just raise another $500 million. So yeah, that, that's, that's, it's kind of interesting and it's really, it's really quite new for lower middle market M&A for these guys of this size to be interested. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty interesting, Tal. Let me ask you a, another question based off of what you just answered. Are, is that like, what, what have you thought about speaking at, about at the event? Any three to five topics? Obviously, that was very fascinating. But what three to five topics do you think would really help mid-level to higher level Amazon entrepreneurs that would absolutely wow them at this event? Maybe potentially some acquirers that they might not have thought of. Like at that, at that, side, at that end of the scale, I mean, we, we publish all of the ones that are, the, you know, these new venture funds like Thrasher, Perch, SellerX, all of those guys, are anyone can find them because we actually publish a full list on our website. But there's some others out there that they might not have heard of, some alternative you know, exit options that they might be interested in. Because once you get to that size, obviously your business is worth more and the, there's more demand for your company, but the exit options aren't always as straightforward. It's not always as obvious. So yeah, the, there's that. I wouldn't be, we, we help people with business optimization and to, to kind of help to improve the value of their businesses. Now, sellers that I'm seeing, a lot of the sellers between kind of, with sales between, you know, seven figure sellers, but between say one and $5 million, there's usually still quite a few areas where they can improve the value of the businesses, improve, improve the, just optimize things to, to, to get a better result when they sell. I, I wouldn't like to, to assume to, to, to teach someone who's already at $100 million in sales how to run their business. So I'm not gonna, I don't want to kind of suggest that I'm going to you know, give, give them some kind of insight that, I haven't, that they haven't already heard. But I can, we very often can help the, the guys that are on their, way in, on their way up to that point. Yeah, they're, they're, I guess they're kind of the, the main areas that where, we, where I think we can help. Yeah, you know, there's plenty of sellers that we have that are in that mid-level area. And obviously the guys that are advanced of the guys that are advanced, the thing that I find most fascinating about them is uh, people like Lana, who's been on this call, and Matt, who's also on the call, who are, are potentially two of the biggest sellers we've ever had, other than Travis, Killian, as well as Patrick. If I think of all four of those people, and I think Howie would agree with me, these are four people all at $20 million or more per year selling on Amazon. But the thing that I found so fascinating about them is they perhaps are the four people that invest the most in their Amazon education. And out of all the people that I've seen attend these masterminds, they are the four people that were sitting at their seat, listening to what every single speaker had, regardless of what they spoke about. And then they still went back and tried to figure out how can I use this in my business? So I think that what you have to speak will resonate to people at all different levels, particularly those people that make the most amount of money. Because I, I feel that sometimes people that are at that high a level of selling, of marketing, of, of business, can pick up on the most simplest things and they're very humbled by the fact that they're making that much money and they still want to get better. So I think what you mm -hmm. said, yeah, what I think you said there is going to resonate with a lot of people, no matter what level they're at. Now, like the Kobe Bryant, I'd say Kobe Bryant would spend more time than anyone working on his, his free throws and his jump exactly, shot. Exactly, exactly. So I think that's, 
I think that's going to resonate with, with a lot of people. So I think you appreciate that. Uh, let me ask you another question, which I, I come across with a lot of like Amazon sellers. And I have this one friend locally in town that the other day ago said that he was going to try and start picking up failing Amazon businesses. Now with COVID and all, obviously there's a lot of people whose business has exploded, but at the same time, there's a lot of people whose businesses have really had some rough times. Do you work with people who perhaps have a failing Amazon business and or uh, you're able to help them be able to better their situation and or get rid of their situation and connect them with people that might want to take it over and then build it? Yeah, absolutely. In both cases, uh, we've got connections with people that can help to, for example, if an account has been deactivated, we can help them just, just connect them to people. And obviously we don't judge for this or anything. It's just we know people in the space who can help them. And secondly, we have people who are, if, if, if they've got a really good business, but they're, they're just struggling with an issue like that, and they're just, they've had enough, they were planning to sell anyway, and it's this kind of account deactivation or some kind of problem has happened just at the wrong time. We also know acquirers who, who don't see that as a red flag, who will step in and still acquire the business, depending, obviously they have to assess case by case basis, but, and not necessarily going to try and get the business for a steal, but if they can see a way that they can turn the business around, it depends on who you're talking to, but we, I know people, for example, that don't see a de account deactivation as like the end of the world. There are quite a lot of new people in this space. There's a lot of you know, investment bankers and stuff that have come into the space without necessarily the Amazon experience. All of those guys have Amazon experts in their team, but it really depends on the culture of the firm and what they've told their investors as to what, what are the red flags for each company and what they will and will not invest in. And so knowing the ones who will still invest in a company that might have a problem like that, it's kind of helpful, you know, like it's, it can, it can be a lifesaver in that situation. So I also uh, talked to you before having you on this call that, you know, like a lot of the buyers or those FBA brokers or companies out there that are trying to buy Amazon businesses, they actually like right now I, I heard is about like 2.6 times or two, three or something like that of the P. What do you, what do you think about that? And how would they, how would someone try to get more out of it? It really, it, yeah, the, the valuations really vary depending on the, the size of the business and a lot of other key metrics. The more attractive the business is, the, the more they'll pay for it. Also, how, excuse me, the method you use to sell the business, like how, how you execute that process, help, it really matters. If you can get all of the key buyers involved at the same time and cause a competitive bidding process, obviously that works in your favor as well. It kind of push, it results in a better, better valuation. We've seen up to 4.5 times for for you know, low seven figure businesses, if they are really, really attractive. So, you know, growing reason, good reason to believe that they'll continue to grow defensible positions of their products on Amazon, you know, in, in niches that are not considered super competitive. There's a, there's a number of other metrics that we can kind of talk about that the seasonality of the products and so on. If the, the, if the business is, has all of those kinds of things and is growing, then you can, and you run the process well, then you can get a better valuation for the, for the business. Yeah, interesting. Because what we do are analytics. We actually are, we have a system there so that we can have newly acquired, you know, business owners or PE firms or whatnot, be able to run their, their new companies that they probably don't know about a lot about how to run an FBA business. They can actually come to us and put their uh, brand into our system and we'll help them like, you know, run and launch products and keyword research, uh, product selection to, to like, you know, deals and PPC 
AI, which I talked to you about last time. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's actually actually quite fascinating what you what you guys are doing in that space. I think there's a lot of potential to. It just makes so much more sense for a computer to be doing some of these decisions than a human, you know. And so, yeah. I, I do have another question here. So what kind of, in, in your field, what kind of problems or opportunities do you see Amazon sellers are going to have in 2021 regarding buying or selling businesses? Tax is an interesting one. They're just globally, I mean, each jurisdiction is different, but generally speaking, globally, governments have spent a lot on the coronavirus pandemic and they're expected to start eventually to rein in their spending and to try and raise more money through taxation. Capital gains tax in particular in most countries has been taxed at a lower rate. And it's a kind of soft target for fiscal authorities. People believe that capital gains taxes in short are going to go up. So if you sell your business after that happens, you're you're going to pay more tax and your, your net benefit from the business is going to be much less than if you sell your business before that. That's one thing. It's not really in anyone's control. So it's not, but it's, it's, it is something to bear in mind. Secondly, the, there are people suggesting that there's a, maybe the value, you know, maybe the competitiveness in the space for these acquisitions of these businesses is a little bit of a bubble. I personally don't really agree. I think, I think these acquirers have a good business model. I think the, the only, the main reason that some of them may struggle is simply not to make enough acquisitions, not necessarily that they'll make an acquisition and it will, it will go badly and hurt their company. I just don't, they're diversifying themselves. They're buying it very fair multiples, I believe. And I think their business model is going to succeed. I do not think this is a bubble, but some people are saying, I mean, I might be wrong about that. Maybe it is a bit of a bubble. And if that, if the bubble pops, so to speak, and some of these new acquirers start to not perform very well, then maybe there'll be the opposite trend of what's happened in 2020. And maybe there'll be less demand for these businesses potentially. I, I actually, my personal belief is that's not going to happen. I think that I think more and more of these acquirers are going to show really good results, and they're going to be successful. And the the, the there'll be basically more entrance of, acqu- of acquirers into the space. Yeah, I, I do. I do see that. I do have because we we have an agency here that we help a lot of these big sellers and big brands run their businesses, and we do help with the you know rollover roll up effect and. And help them really scale with something that they have by tweaking a little here and there. From right now, I have a client that we, before we came, before he met me, he was probably doing like a 5 million first year, second million, second year was 10 million. Now we brought him up to like a 20 million now. Wait, right. I believe really? I have eight figures now, right? Like over like 12 million-ish. And, and we're, it's his bestseller on his, his line now. So he's expanding with us with more and more products. Uh, I mean, he, he's trying to do like a hundred products now with us. So there's like a lot of a lot of a lot of products, a lot of you know sales and stuff. So we just need to make sure because we're not like uh, we we have to make sure that we we're not like a launching company where hey you just launch your plat- stuff onto our, our platform and we'll launch it and stuff. We kind of actually like it's more like a marketing agency that babies it and make sure it grows. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. And I see that if that, if the case where you, this can actually work, then why wouldn't, why wouldn't, you know, this grow, this prosper for this FBA business growth and, and acquisition side, you know? So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, the only reason, I, the only potential limiting factor for them, I think, is the number of acquisitions available. 
I think there's a lot of great companies out there. Not all of them are for sale. Not, not everyone wants to sell. And so they've all promised their investors. I think that they are going to make a certain number of acquisitions. And I hope, I hope, that, I hope it's that, they, that they will make all those acquisitions because it's definitely better for me if they do, obviously. But the limiting factor is the number of businesses that are for sale. And so, yeah, I think that's potentially. Yeah, um, I, I'm not sure if you knew. I, I have a society, a group of elite seller societies called. We have like maybe 500 people inside of it. And they're all big sellers, you know, at least seven to eight, nine figure sellers you know, in there. So a lot of them are interested in selling and they just want to maybe uh, us to educate them even more. How do they get the bang for their buck? How do they uh, get to that, you know, what you said, 4.5 or 5 multiple? Yeah. So there's things that like, you know, we w- would like probably you be talking about how, how, mm. how should they do that? What should they look for? How should they uh, structure it before, uh, be like maybe one year before they want to sell? You know, things like that, that would be really uh, educational for them, I believe. And, um, yeah, you know, cool. like I heard, like if you if you have like a Shopify that's doing really good and that would help with the multiple order, you know, or like a big following, you know, or group yeah. or a Facebook group or something like that for your brand influencing, you know, your... Yeah, definitely. They call it an equity story. That if you have something else, that shows the future direction and why why your business is going to grow in future. Like a huge following can can be potentially a, an untapped resource that maybe you haven't marketed to enough yet. That the acquirer could think there's a number of different things that that can create an equity story around your brand and, and make it more interesting to them. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. That's uh, a lot of good information that you gave Tal and Howie. Those are some good questions at the end. I know there is a lot of people that they still want to know these things. Although it's it seems like it's been beat over the head a ton of times as, as i said before they're the real amazon entrepreneurs sometimes they don't have time to listen to it from one one person they see another person and uh, they might actually enjoy you tell more than they enjoyed the last guy the last guy might have been very salesy whereas you you kind of very calm calmness about yourself and like you said there's a lot of information that you do give out just freely in order to help other entrepreneurs which i think is fantastic and that's why i for one am looking forward to your talk at the event and I do appreciate on behalf of Howie and I, you being on here on this podcast and answering our questions. So let appreciate me, any last words from you, Tal, before we say goodbye to Howie? Anything else you wanted to add that we might not have asked? No, I think you covered it all. And you definitely didn't butcher my name. Thanks for that. And I, I, yeah, again, I just, you know, thanks. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm honored to be uh, considered in, in the group with, with your speakers. Awesome. Fantastic. And uh, before I say goodbye to Howie, let me give you guys details on how to find out more about Professor's Pandemic 3.0, which is the third virtual event held uh, from the comfort of your own home. It will be held on February 15th and 16th, live virtually from the comfort of your own home. And Howie and 12 other entrepreneurs and speakers uh, will be speaking about their area of expertise. We've already done several podcasts with some of them. I will be emceeing the whole event. It's going to be really exciting, just like one and two are. And if you'd like to look at more of people's response to one and two, head on over to howardtie.com forward slash PPE, the number three, to get more details. And at the present time, you can get in for a 50% off early bird pricing. That will be good through February 1st, which is quickly approaching. And once you're in that price, you are locked in. You pay the exact same price that this elite seller society that Howie was talking about already pays. So 
the brotherhood, the sisterhood of the most elite Amazon sellers on the planet get that discount regularly, you will now be locked into that 50% off price lifetime. So I'm looking forward to this event. Howie, any final words from you before I give that URL one more time? No other words. He's saving it all for the event, people. He's saving it all for the event. So I'm fired up for that. I hope and I look forward to see what how he's going to talk about this time and what he pulls out of his magic bag of tricks. Again, to find out more, head on over to howardtie.com forward slash PPE, the number three. And remember, you've got only less than a week to lock in the 50% off discount and early bird pricing ends. And then we go to a little higher level pricing up until we go back to our regular price. So I look forward to seeing you guys and gals there, and I do encourage you to sign up, particularly because it is 50% off. It's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. We're not only going to get to network with the best Amazon sellers on the planet, but we will learn several tactics and strategies, as well as long-term business moves that we can be making in order to ensure that we can sell our business in the future and or just profit more, which at the end of the day, day is what we're all looking for. So I look forward to seeing you there live February 15th and 16th, straight from the comfort of your own home, and have a fantastic day, everyone. Welcome to the Professor's Podcast, where we discuss the best strategies to massively improve the reach and bottom line of your business in the current virtual and economic landscape. Your host, Howard Tai, generates over $5 billion for his clients annually using innovative tactics both on and off Amazon.